0: hey guys welcome to talking some sands this is jake i've got alex with me and we have brought back Derek.
1: what's up what's going on guys
0: glad to have you guys back so before we get really into the episode i'll talk a little, little bit about uh i guess you can call it mini rebrand uh we did so um we up a new logo uh frontline did it for me and it's honestly it's Honestly, one of the nicest logos I've ever seen for a podcast. Bias, maybe, but I kind of really like it. I <laughs> <laughs> also from, from a little bit of a theme song. If everything goes according to plan, it will play at the beginning of this episode once I'm done editing. If not, I'm gonna sound like a liar. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, another little thing is uh, I'm gonna try to we're gonna try to minimize around the NHL talk now because I noticed that our podcast episodes are usually around two hours, which for me, it's not really a problem, but for some um, listeners, they don't really want to listen to anything more than 45-ish, minutes. I've noticed, so um, and we're going to try to cut down on time a little bit by just focusing on Gs facts. Anyways, let's get right into it, and uh, let's um, talk about the draft. So um, before the draft, we all know the New Jersey's were released, and first and master your guys, your opinions on it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'll step in. Um, I think the rebrand, um, when we finally got to see the official product, um, it's, it's what we were expecting. It looks really, really good. Um, I thought it looked better as a full uniform. Like when we seen, um, I think it was Shabbat and Kachuk and some others in there as well. I think Nick Paul and Connor Brown, um, putting out the full uniform. I thought the blacks look phenomenal. Um, and, and the whites too. So, uh, so I'm super excited about the rebrand. Um, I think it, it's finally a look that, uh, that a lot of people will get behind and I've already seen, you know, so many people buying these jerseys already and, and posting pictures. So it, it's a good move by the organization.
2: Yeah. I, I second that. Uh, I mean, they triggered, they, they tricked us into watching the news a little bit, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> it was, I, I personally thought it was really cool. How they revealed it. Um, i mean it was kind of what we expected the black ones look so good the white ones looked clean as heck too uh and i do like how like you know like every person i've talked to pretty much like whether they're a sense fan or not really like the really like the new jerseys and the new logo so it's a, that's nice to see some positivity there but i definitely give the rebrand like a top tier grade from this from the sense there that was classy
0: yeah i i really really like the jerseys it's for those who might not know, it's basically uh, the old the old black jerseys from I guess is it the '90s or the early 2000s, but modernized. So there's a couple things different about this this thing. This thing I know is different. Like obviously the collar, the new a, the new Adidas collars, the new shoulder pads Adidas. That's one big difference to me. But it's like it's it's speckled because it's modernized, right? another thing is the old jerseys, uh, the 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 new jerseys have the red stripe on the like on the on the bottom of the jersey, like on the barren. Bare bottles back on, on, on the on the bottom of the jersey, right? And on the uh, the old ones, like the old ones that these are based off of, the 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 the, the red line, I guess you can call it, is just raised a little bit. So there's a little bit of black underneath it. So that's the notice that is difference I noticed. I love the jerseys though, like they're nice. Look. Cause these are probably one of the nicest jerseys that have ever worn. Probably the nicest in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: Yeah. I have a little bit of gripe, though. It's not not, not with the, the jerseys itself, but it's how we revealed it. Like, as you mentioned, uh, we kind of got tricked into watching the news, which um, kind of sucks, but, like, whatever. It's, if we watch the news, whatever. But, like, we, we watched, I think it was 25 minutes, which it's not the other world. But for those who don't have cable, like me, I use NHL Live to watch hockey. games. That's why I can see my hockey. I don't watch TV. So I didn't, I wasn't able to watch... The, the the reveal live. I kept trying to find uh, uh feeds of the news like on CTV.ca. I couldn't find nothing, so I, I was really um I was I was like, mind my, my language, but I was I was shooting at I couldn't really see it. I had to rely on Alex sending me video video of it live.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like maybe the news wasn't the best route, but I mean, I guess like their focus was to kind of target that Ottawa like oh, auto yeah. audience, right? So
0: I understand kind of why I did it for sure. It's, yeah. It was it was well done, but I would have just I would have done also I would also done a Twitter Live or something like that up to twelve, or I mean maybe even a YouTube Live off of a team social media team. That's what I would have done, but it's still a really nice dream.
1: Fair fair. Yeah.
0: And your your thoughts, Derek, uh, on how you revealed it?
1: Yeah. So again, I'm an out of town sense fan. So uh, just like you said, Jake, uh, I don't have a local uh, news channel uh that I could bring up. So I was just kind of following along with uh with the reveal on Twitter uh just prior to the draft. But um I didn't have a huge problem with it to be honest. I mean it's not something that we're really gonna remember anyway. And uh the team, like the official uh Twitter um released a nice little video. Like right after um, that, that, that. Yeah. So I really, really liked the video that they released. I thought it looked really good. Um, And then I seen some, you know, some feeds after that people shared with me. So I didn't have a huge problem with it. Yeah, it was super nice. Yeah.
0: Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on to the next topic. So let's talk about the draft. So uh, Ottawa had three first round picks, a bunch of second round picks and some third round picks. We had, we had a bunch of picks going into the night. We had like, I think it was 12 picks going into the draft. Obviously we made some trades, Well, let's talk about our first pick. Timmy Stoops look so my reaction I'm going to see my reaction after you guys you guys go
1: ahead yeah you want me to step in here and go right ahead go all right so uh, yeah the uh my initial reaction I mean I, I just assumed we knew what the pick was going to be after LA went and picked by field so I mean there was no real surprise uh, but then they went to uh, they cut to Alex Trebek and and entered like a, a jeopardy scene. And I thought that was one of the most incredible things that the organization has accomplished in the last little while. It was just such a perfect moment. Um, I, I don't think Timmy Stutzla knows really who Alex Trebek and jeopardy is because it's, I think it's just a Canadian show, but, uh, but it was still just a, a terrific way to introduce the pick and, um, and hopefully one that uh, that he's going to remember for a long time. Uh, the other thing that I loved was that he revealed his jersey number when he put it on. So I thought that was uh, a special touch as well.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, I much have the same sen- sentiments there. Uh, I mean, if you guys watch my YouTube videos, uh, Tim Stutzla was the player I raved about the most. So I'm super excited to get him. Um, obviously, it wasn't much of a surprise, but there was still that, you know, I did, just a part of me that was like, are they re- re- going to go up the board here? But I I, I was pretty confident it was gonna, he was going to give me the pick, but that Alex Trebek uh, way was really cool. So, uh, I and number 88 is fantastic. I, I, that's a wicked number. Yeah, I like the number. So,
0: honestly, I'm going to go a little bit, a little sidetracked on this. I am so glad I recorded my uh, my initial reaction to the pick as it was happening. As soon as LA went, uh, as, as soon as Ottawa pick was in, I started recording and I am so happy to, the Alex Trebek was so unexpected. It was great. Like I, 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 was, I was seeing uh, tweets coming as I was recording. So I, I, I knew Alex Trebek was going on, was coming in, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. I thought he was just going to come to the podium and say the Senator select, right? No, when I saw the whole Jeopardy skit, that was just phenomenal. And seeing and seeing Stutzla smiling, putting the sense hat and sense series on, it was just that for me. That was a highlight of the draft. That was really really nice. Like it was sick. And I like his number eighty eight. He said he wanted to wear a number eight respects, that he was retired and all that. So he went with his next number eighty eight, which I like. It's a nice number.
2: Can't really yeah, and if- one, really. Believe it or not, the Alex Trebek thing was a Eugene Eugene Melnick kind of move. So that kind of
0: Melnick's decision. Yeah,
2: Yeah. that kind of that kind of surprised me when I seen that. I was like, all right, well, as much as you know, as much as we you know, if you're a sense fan, you obviously know the gripe we all have with Melnick. But I think I thought that was a cool little touch, just from coming from him. So
1: yeah, he still has a friend in Ottawa. I mean, that's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Probably one of his only ones. But
0: (laughs) All right, what do you guys? think he'll provide
1: to the lineup and how quickly should he see in the lineup? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, Dorian's touched on it. Um, they're definitely going to give him every opportunity to make the NHL out of training camp. Um, they really haven't provided at least to this point, a whole lot in terms of, um, veteran presence from free agency. So I think we can expect to see a really young lineup. Um, one of the things that they did mention is that uh, they'll probably start him on the wing and, and maybe venture him over to center when he gets more uh, comfortable and confident on the wing. So I, I think he'll slot behind Brady Kachuk on the left side um, on that second unit, whatever it ends up looking like. Um, and, and I think it'll be a nice spot for him. Um, but, but if he is struggling, there is that opportunity to either send him back to Germany where he could play with Mannheim, or um, or they could keep him uh, in the HL and develop him down in Belleville and and get him acclimated to uh, to the smaller ice sur- uh, surface and and the NHL kind of pro style game.
2: Yeah, I I, I, uh, I agreed there too. Um, I do think I. If he doesn't come in the NHL this year, I think he'll still have something next year. Uh, he has the tools and the the, the talent. It's just gonna be a more of a matter, I think, of getting acclimated to the North American ice than the European ice. Um, but I think he's. I think you'll you you'll, you'll probably see him jump in this season, at least for you know the start of the season, and kind of if he not if he isn't doing well, then just kind of send him down to, to get uh Tomlinson Belleville. Um, but I, I do see him start on the wing, like Derek mentioned. Dorian came out and literally said we're probably going to start him on the wing. So <laughs> that's pretty much how it's going to go. And, uh, yeah, I think I think he has the potential to be a top-line top line forward. So mm-hmm. um, definitely look, looking forward to seeing seeing him play.
0: All right, this is where I'm going to speak a little different with you guys. As I, as, as I do agree, he's going to start on the wing. I for sure think he's going to play this year. And, like, I think he's going to start on the wing for training camp and preseason but as preseason goes along, we're going to see him transition slowly to center. So he'll start at center for the first actual game. I think I think he's just waiting for the preseason, just to get him acclimated and get him uh, used to, to the different ice surface. Because uh, I, I think that's the best move for me because I've been watching a lot of Tim Stoops, uh highlights and uh, and videos the last few days. Uh, I can get more of a uh, better view on his game now that I know he's a sen senator. and uh he plays best as a center in my opinion. Like he, sure, he's, he's a great left winger. He can play left wing if you need him to, but I think he his presence felt most at center.
2: Yeah, i i th- I think he's a natural center. Um, but just the, the the fact that he's coming over from you know playing Europe and coming over to playing the North American game, playing center is kind of a bit you know t- tougher to jump right into on a small right surface right away. So I think that's why they're planning on starting on the wing, kind of getting used to center there. But I think he will be a center uh, throughout his career. Yeah.
0: Full time. He's going to be a center, but I think he's going to start up as, as a left winger to just get used to that. and all that. Anyways, what do you guys think is his AHL ceiling?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, he's uh, his ceiling. I mean, he's been compared to Patrick Kane uh, quite a bit and now he's wearing Patrick Kane's number. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to go with, like, I see him as a 90 to 100 point NHL player uh, when he reaches his ceiling. Now, I'm not suggesting he's going to be an 80 to 90 point player this season. Um, I think he has potential to make an impact this season, Um, you know, somewhere in the 40 to 50 point range uh, would be would be a good first season for uh, Timmy Stutzla, but uh, but long term, yeah, I, I see him as a ninety to a hundred point player.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think he's a top line player. Uh, I I see him as like a number one center, so um, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> I think I, I the ninety to 100 is probably probably about, about right. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more around 80, 90, but uh, mm-hmm. I think he's a top going to be a top 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 center in the league. So.
0: I, I agree with you guys. I think he's going to be top center in the league. Regardless of who he plays center or wing, he's going to be that elite player. Like He's going to be 80, 90, maybe even 100-point player once he's uh, fully developed, I guess you could say. But I think he's going to do a little bit better than you guys. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to just, uh, predict 50, maybe even 60 points this year. It all depends who he plays with, what his role is, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean – he has, he, he has the jump already because he's already played with men. So it's not like, you know, like if you took a Quentin Byfield, for example, who's, you know, dominating the OHL, but he was playing against 16, 17-year-olds. Yeah. Or like he was mm-hmm. playing against like 30, 20, you know, 25, 26-year-olds. So, yeah.
0: yeah, I think uh, I'm I think Byfield takes a little longer. I think Byfield takes near a year or two. All right. So uh, here I've got a, um, a link from a, from a, a, a skidding report of Timmy Stupfla. From a friend of mine, uh, Joshua Tesler, great, great, uh, great skill, great writer. He actually started me out in, this, in the hockey, uh, journalist world. I guess you, you call it. He, uh, he founded a site called Puck77 a couple of years ago. Eventually moved on from it, but hey, he's a great guy. A great guy to kick his brains and all that. I, I messaged him letting him know I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention him and all that. But I, I forgot. I, I, he hasn't answered me. But anyways, uh, yeah. So. Let me see if I can
1: find here. I can find it. Do you guys have have the... Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got it up. I mean, uh, it's, you know, everything we're hearing about the kid is highlighted in the scouting report from, you know, his elite level playmaking skills, uh, what he brings from the half wall on the power play, um, his agility, which I think is probably his best skill um, just that that ability to turn on a dime and elude and defenders. Um, the thing I I love most about Tim Stutzla is his compete level. Like he, he doesn't shy away from the puck whatsoever. He wants the puck more than anyone I've probably ever seen um, a, as a kid. Um, he's always like, you'll see him, he's constantly circling the zone. He does this a lot on the power play, even without the puck. He'll circle the zone and he'll tap his stick the whole time because he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the playmaking machine that he can be.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I just rave about the kid. I, I, he's he's probably my favorite player in the draft. Um, he just can do everything. He can his his skating's fantastic. Like you said, his compete level. He has a motor, just never stops. So, uh. You'll, you'll you'll never see him like you know just kind of coasting through the ice. He'll always be, you know, either skating hundred miles an hour to get to the puck or hundred miles an hour with the puck. Voted. So take yeah. t- take your pick. <laughs>
0: he'll, he'll always uh, he'll always be the hardest working player out there. That's what I like about his game. One thing though, I did my uh, the same scouting, uh, scouting report. And I did mention. I did uh, notice a little bit. He he needs to use his speed to his advantage because like, he has his skill to handle himself effectively, but his strength isn't necessarily there yet, but she knows that. So he needs to use his speed a little bit better to adapt to the game, which he does, but it can always be better, you know?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things, um, you know, if we're going to critique him uh, offensively, I think he needs to drive the little, uh, or the middle of the ice a little bit better. Um, right now, uh, at least playing on a bigger ice surface in Germany um, and even, at the world juniors. I mean, he's playing against younger kids there. He tends to use the outside a little bit. And, and some of that isn't going to transfer to the NHL right away. Uh, Cause guys are much bigger, much stronger and much better at boxing people out. So he's got to find more creative ways of driving the middle of the ice. And that's going to open up a lot more scoring opportunities. Um, the other thing is, is his shot. Um, He doesn't have, like, an elite-level shot yet. Um, I think he opens himself up for great shots, but um, at least at this point in time, it's something that uh, he's going to have to work on.
2: Yeah, I I think the biggest knock that I have on on him is pretty much – all that um, i also think he he tends to do a little too much with the puck sometimes yes. um and i don't know if that's because you know his, his teammates in Mannheim are manheim, Ernest, you know skilled and much, i I I didn't watch a lot of Man, manheim games but um, he just seems seems to hold on to the puck a little too long sometimes and tries to like find find like, the perfect play to you know just d- dish it in front of the net and hope for a rebound type thing so uh, hopefully he can work on that a little bit but
1: he's like the epitome of a high risk high reward player like he will try something special pretty much every time he's on the puck so your eyes naturally go to him um i had the the pleasure of getting some tape um on stutzla this year some a lot of shift by shift analysis and that's what they use to scout the players yeah um, if they can't make it there so i i have like more information on stutzla than any other player in this draft that's pretty sick i think um If you read through the scouting report, like one of the words they use to define his game is cocky and confident, um, but in a good way, they say. So I think that's a perfect way to describe it. I mean, he's going to try something special. He's going to try to break the guy's ankles in front of him. um, And that's what makes him so fun to watch. But uh, but at times, it's his decision making that needs work. So uh, at the NHL level, he's going to have to learn, much like Eric Carlson did, when you go and when you don't go. And I think that's why they're going to start him on the wing because it's a little bit more detrimental to put a guy like that in the middle of the ice. If he makes a mistake in the middle of the ice, the the turnovers is coming the other way. And, uh, and it's going to hurt you a little bit more.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even, I didn't think about that and why they would start him on the wing, but that's that, that makes a lot, lots of sense. So <laughs> I can see why they're doing that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be, like, I think Ottawa needed, needed this kind of player, um, obviously, you know, high-end forward that can bring a high-end high, high end skilled, um, and I think he's just going to be a perfect fit for the Senators. Yeah.
0: That's a really good, uh, that's really well put, honestly, that, that was really well put, Derek. Couldn't have said it any better.
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on to pick number five. So um, the Senators opted to choose uh, as, uh, as they believe the best defenseman in a draft. They picked it, They picked Jake Sanderson at number five. And um, my one question is is before I before I say my opinion on this, why do you think the Senators opted to choose offense over forward? At right. here,
2: I'm very curious to see what your answer is, Derek, because I know you had him at five for the longest time.
1: Yeah, so Jake Sanderson, something, uh, someone that, uh, that I was harping on Twitter for a long time, and I took a lot of heat for it from a lot of people that, uh, that quite frankly, wanted two forwards instead of Jake Sanderson, and fair enough, there's a lot of elite level talent uh, that the senators might have passed up to take Jake Sanderson. Um, he's a longer project, so, I mean, he's going to the University of North Dakota, Um, he's probably going to be there for at least this season, possibly next season. And we'll see him in a couple of years. Um, so I could see why people were hesitant to take someone who's going to take the longer road, so to speak to the NHL. Um, but at the same time, Jake Sanderson is the best defenseman in this draft. I think hands down, um, you know, you're sacrificing maybe 10 points from Sanderson to Drysdale. But what you're getting is someone who's a complete player. I mean, this kid brings it all. His, his, his defense is, I mean, this is quoted from some scouts, is the best they've ever seen. I mean, his, his ability to track one-on-one defense, to trap players in the neutral zone is second to nobody in the last five years. So, I mean, Jake Sanderson, I, I think there should be a lot more hype around this player. This is the player that Ottawa really needed to pick here.
2: Yeah, that's that's continuing you say that because I I was the I was on the, the the verge of we need two forwards no matter what. And I've been pretty much that the way the whole way. But after Sanderson was taken, I I wasn't I wasn't like super upset, but I was a little shocked. Um, but the more I look into Sanderson, I think I, I think the Sens did make the right move here. Um, first of all, he's a Santa man hasn't really shut down D guys since Chris Phillips, um, and they need that. They have sure they have a lot of defensive prospects, but they're all, you know, like two ways or offensive guys. They don't have that, that shutdown guy that can be there on like, you know, the PK or, you know, like the, the, the last minute of the game and shut down. So I think, um, and obviously defense wins championships. Everybody knows that. And you, that's how you do a rebuild. In my opinion, build on the net, the net out. Um, so I think this is the more I look into it, the more I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this pick and I'm really looking forward to see what Sanderson can bring to the team.
0: All right. Before I say my opinion, I'll just, uh, so Alex, we have had uh, DFDs, I'll call them, since uh so We've had Mark Thought
2: and Dylan Mellon. Anyway- no, oh I know, but we haven't had like the- I wouldn't put them in the same category
1: as Chris Phillips, yeah. who is no. no. a top tier shutdown D-man. Yeah. And, and yeah. those guys are not close to Jake Sanderson. Like oh, no no this way. is a number one defenseman we're talking about. Like yeah, this guy is number one, the for sure. And oh, he's yeah. not, he's not just a defensive defense, oh. guys. He's a two way defense. Yeah, he always, plays a very modern game. Uh, His mobility is he's a better skater than Jamie Drysdale. That's something that people don't realize. Yeah.
0: I think that uh, Jake Sanderson, honestly, the best comparable for him is Ryan McDonough. He plays a very, very similar game to Ryan McDonough, from my eyes
1: at least. Yeah, that's a, that's a great comparable. I, I have um, Heiskanen as someone he models oh, wow. his team after. love if to he, hear that. If he, I mean, the offense has to come a long way, so don't get me wrong here. But Heiskanen was projected the exact same as Jake Sanderson in his draft year. He was a defense-first guy, and he really learned the offensive game after that. Jake Sanderson's young, and he's just starting to hit that developmental curve. And if he becomes anything close to Heiskanen, guys, this is a home run.
2: Yeah, Heiskanen's wow. one of my favorite defensemen in the league. He, oh, yeah. he, was so much, he was so much fun to watch in the playoffs. Like it's, I'm, it's,
1: that, that got me really excited now that you said that. I'm <laughs> not, uh, not fired mm-hmm. up. So. <laughs> yeah. If you ask Jake Sanderson who he models his game after, he'll tell you Miro Heiskinen.
2: Yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'm down, I'm down.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, my opinion is I'm not upset by this pick at all. At first, I was like, sure, I was shocked. But, hey, I, I believe that at five, the original guy I sent you going to go for was Lucas Raymond, but he was, he was picked up. So then they got their next guy in Jake Sanderson. And I'm not I'm not upset at all by it, the pick at all. I was just a little shocked at first because I heard a lot of things about uh, them going for a guy like obviously remy who's available or Holt, or even I heard some things about Jack Quinn being uh, being considered mm-hmm. at five, which oh would be a big big reach. Don't get me wrong, would be a massive reach. But he was that pure goal scorer. But anyways, I am very happy the sense did go. So would you call it a safe pick? Would you?
1: Yeah. I His floor he, is very high. He's a safe yeah. pick for sure. Yeah.
0: Like, he was, he's honestly, yeah, he is the best defenseman in draft. Sure, like, sure, you might shock price, like, Derek said, 10, maybe even 20 points from a guy instead of taking a guy like Drysdale. But, but you, but, you have that we, guy. Like, keep yeah, in mind,
1: we, exactly. have, we already we
0: have two of those guys.
1: We have Brainstorm, we have Willannon, we have, we have even Jacob Bernard Docker. Mm hmm.
0: So you already have that guy. So you do need that guy to build around. Like, sure, sure, points are nice and all, but points aren't the only thing. Sure, scoring goals will help you win a game. But another thing that helps you win a game is keeping the puck out of the net. And the best way of doing that is having a puck mover um, like Chabot or even Branstone paired, paired with a guy like Sanderson who can help them be the best they can be. And... Uh, um,
1: and um, yeah, he's gonna compliment he's gonna compliment them, like yeah. guys like Brandstrom and Shabbat. I mean, he's not gonna play with Shabbat.
0: Yeah.
1: I see him likely playing with Brandstrom, but he's gonna compliment them very well. Yeah, and I mean I think this also streams that you know the front
2: office has a lot of faith in their forward prospects, like a Batherson, a Formington, a Josh Norris, um like like that. So I think I think they have a lot of faith in those guys just by not taking another electric forward. Yeah.
0: What do you guys think is his ceiling? We've already talked about his style, but how good do you think he's going to be?
1: Yeah, uh, he's uh, projected to be someone who's, again, not going to produce. Uh, we're not talking about Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes or even Thomas Shabbat. He, he's probably going to produce in the range of 35 to 40 points. But, again, points aren't everything, as we've said and he's going to play in every situation on the ice. So, you know, last minute of the game, who's on the ice, it's going to be Sanderson. Um, on the penalty kill, who's going to be your number one defenseman on the PK Sanderson <laughs> probably second. We're, we're probably talking about the second line power play unit. Um, if he can bring some of that offense.
2: Yeah. I, I, I mean, i watched the draft and they were saying he's uh, second, like pretend to be a, like a second a number two defender. So, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that after uh, this is all said and done, the top three defensemen in Ottawa is going to be, the best is going to be Chabot, second best is going to be Sanderson, and the third is going to be Branson, in my opinion. I think that Branch, I mean, uh, Sanderson is going to be one of the elites in the NHL. I think those three guys are each capable of a Norris trophy. But I think Sanderson is, like, he's going to be elite. He's going to be that I guess you could say a Ryan McDonough, but even better. I think he's going to be maybe even top five defense in the NHL, I guess. Would you, would you is that, is that generous?
1: That's pretty generous. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. I, I, I think I mean, he I to hype the guy up, but I, I don't know that he necessarily has a high enough ceiling offensively to be considered like a Norris candidate. But uh, but he's going to be a, a super valuable player.
0: Uh, that, that is a very fair statement. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Norris really relies on points nowadays not offensive defense. But yeah, his two way game is second, and I think he's going to be a two way, two two way defenseman. That he's going to be one of the best.
2: I know they they compared him a lot to Ryan Suter on the the Sportsnet feed, which I mean Ryan Suter in his prime was like phenomenal. Oh, he's
0: still um, he's, really? he's, obviously,
2: he's obviously a bit older now, but obviously you know you don't hear about him too much because he's buried in Minnesota. But um, when he was playing with when he was Shea Weber's D partner, oh man, he was he he like a lot of people don't understand how good of a defenseman he actually is. I'm 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 gonna stop you
0: there because I, I'm not taking any Ryan Suter hate at all. Ryan Suter is still phenomenal. Of course he's not what he used to be, but he's still one of the better defensive defensive He's still one of the better ones. He's still amazing. He still gets Norris to show people he yeah. votes.
1: Yeah. You need you need complimentary guys like that to allow your brandstroms, your shabbats, and your, you know, your offensive guys to uh to maximize their potential. So yeah, exactly. All right, let's take a look at the uh, uh, other sense picks. I don't really have a
0: list here. I forgot to uh, forgot to revise that and take, put a look around, put a, put all the picks on the list. But can bring them up real quick here. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. But yeah, uh, the Sens eventually used 10 kind of their was it twelve or thirteen
1: picks that had. they had. Yeah, they had thirteen originally. They traded one for Josh Brown traded one for Matt Murray and then traded another to move uh, that uh, pick up to get Clevin with uh, Toronto. So they used 10 of 13. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I have, I have all the picks here. If you want me to name them. Awesome. Go right ahead. So at
2: 28 overall, it took Ridley Greg uh, 33rd overall. It took Roby your uh, 44th overall. Like Derek just mentioned, they moved up, they traded to get Tyler Clevin who again, plays from North Dakota. Um, and then the fifth, the, at 61st overall, you got Igor Sokolov, which I know a lot of people are excited about. Um, 71st overall, in my opinion, I, I think it was a, a huge reach, but again, I, I'm not too, I don't know much about him. They took a goaltender, Levi V. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but in 155th overall, they took Eric Engstrand from Melmo. And 150, 158th overall, they took Philip Dow from Moncton. And 181st overall, the, their last pick, they took Cole Reinhardt from Brandon. So um, Out of those
0: picks, my favorite is honestly probably Robbie or Venti or even uh, Ridley, Ridley, Craig. I know that uh, they might not necessarily have the biggest ceiling, but I love the, the game they bring, and I love the uh, presence of the ice. and. A lot of people uh, like to uh, like to hate on Dorian for reaching for quote unquote reaching his picks, but honestly, I like the way Dorian drafts. He drafts character. sure like, you want to have skilled guys. But if you're gonna have like a, like, a, like a like a guy who produces points like Ovechkin, but if that guy has a bad attitude, you don't want that guy in the locker room. I'm not saying Ovechkin has a has a bad attitude, it was it was a wrong parable, but like If you you want to have a guy who has a skill level of education, but not necessarily have the same level character, you're not really moving along. Because a team is a lot more than just players. A team is the connection to the locker. So you want to have that guy who has the skill, yes, but who also has the character. And I like how Descends
1: really, really uh, uh, dive deep into that. Yeah, and I mean, while we're on the subject of connections, that seemed to be one of a few common themes that Ottawa went with to draft their players. Yeah. Like there was always some sort of connection, you know, whether it was University of North Dakota or uh, mm-hmm. someone that's played for TJ Smith in the past, or, um, or someone who's linked to a current Senator's player like Igor Sokolov and Drake Batherson. There was just a lot of, of links that could be made, but it, it's clear to me with the, uh, looking at the list, that we have in front of us that uh, Ottawa is trying to become a really hard team to play against. They're almost building a team that resembles the St. Louis Blues, you know, a team that has a stacked up um core of defensemen, um but also up front has a lot of guys that that teams just hate to play against. Yeah, the other pesky center are back. Yeah
2: uh and yeah i mean i completely agree there the connection thing was kind of it was it was just kind of cool to follow through the draft and like i know people are you know looking way too deep into it but um it's <laughs> it's it, you know that this point the nhl has been going on for years so there's gonna be connections everywhere you look but it's it was a cool cool storyline to follow um i i do think people are sleeping on ridley greg though i do think he i know maybe not like you know Maybe it's a bit of a reach at 28, but I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to be that top, that one of those players that are going to be super useful when the fans eventually make the playoffs. And I, he's one, him and, him and um, Igor Sokolov, in my opinion, are like, you know, they're big, big and physical that can aren't afraid to get into the corners there. I don't know if Sokolov's really a top tier player, but. We'll he's, huge. He's, he's huge. He's a That's thing, right? He doesn't he doesn't even need skill. He'll just skate and run people over. So two
1: hundred and thirty pounds, six foot four.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, big. He's, a big, he's a big kid, but yeah, um, I, I think my favorite drop pick out of all of them is uh, I think I, I I do like Tyler Clevin a lot, um, but I think that, you know they moved up, they, they probably could have got him, but they didn't, they didn't need to move off. But I do, I've been a big fan of his for a while, just because it's size and you can't teach size, um. But it's gonna to be tough to see where he fits in because our deep de- prospects are stacked. So,
1: yeah, I was kind of I was dumbfounded a little bit by the Clevin pick uh, when they moved up to to take him. That was yeah, one of yeah. them that I was kind of scratching my head on. Uh, personally, uh, Sokolov is a kid with an incredible story. If you uh, if you're into it, um, check out TSN 1200's interview after the draft with Igor Sokolov. Um, seems like a really fantastic kid. Um, and then Roby Jarventi is, is a player that's just coming into his zone again. Um, and he's starting to light it up already four points in three games now.
2: Yeah. I've seen that. Uh, That's fantastic.
1: So it looks like they're hitting uh, at least at the top of the draft, they're hitting on younger players, Ridley, Greg, another younger player just coming into his zone. Um, and he kind of resembles like a Brad Marchand, uh, Brendan Gallagher type attitude. Um, if he becomes anywhere close to those guys, that's a steal. I had uh, Greg at twenty five on my uh, personal list.
2: Fair, fair. <laughs> so
1: right, right, right around where he should have been taken, then. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, again, I, I know there was a lot of criticism from the Robbie Yerventi pick just because of the guys available still. Um, but I think that like the, the Sens are known for you know taking a taking a region kind of you know, ending up, ending up with this, with a very good player. So I do have faith, um, faith there. And I, I, I personally had Roby, Roby Yerventi at 35, so I don't think it was too much of a stretch, but I know other people had him down a lot lower than I did. So,
0: yeah. I'm going to meet myself here. I've got a background there is one second.
1: wait. Uh, yeah. but yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, honestly, when they picked, uh, Yerventi, um, I tweeted something out that said, who? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Um, you, you, got, you, you actually got a lot of hate. Like, like, <laughs> I I delete your Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, no, that was just uh, just someone that I know that, uh, that sent me right. that. I, I was laughing about it. But uh, yeah, that, that was unexpected. I actually seen them taking JJ Paterka only that's because they drafted Tim Stutzla. So I thought, yeah, they'll probably – you know, stick with that, again, that common theme of drafting people familiar with other players. Um, so I thought Turco was like their number one target there. Um, and then they went, like you said, off the board a little bit. But um, now that I look at Robbie uh, Yarventi, I hope I'm saying it right. Probably not. Now that I look <laughs> at him, I love the pick. Like I'm, I've been following uh, what he brings. He's a player with uh, with a lower floor. If he doesn't make it, Um as a top six player, he's probably not an NHL player, but if he does, he's going to be a top six player. So I think it's a fantastic uh, try at a, at a home run swing there.
2: Yeah. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like the sense normally end up like making those kind of picks. Like, I feel like that's pretty much like, like like a Senator's pick. Like last year with Shane Pinto, no one expected to take him there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it it seems to be a theme where they, they see a lot of potential in the guy and they just hope that he could, he develops
1: properly and that, no top no steel. Yeah, and if he does, then you've got Drake Batherson or you've got Alex Formanton or you've got, you know, yeah, home exactly. runs, again, like on yeah. these later picks. So And I know I know Dorian's been getting a lot of hate for you know his 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 way he,
2: he manages the team, which I mean right, rightfully so, but I do I I do think Dorian is a very good at, at, at drafting and scouting um obviously you know the short shortened scouting staff uh making it a bit difficult but I do think Doran's a pretty good scout himself so I I, I kind of have faith in, it, in a bit of the picks they take
1: yeah and the, the, the you know, scouting background yeah. definitely helps him out there um and I think Trent Mann is fantastic too so yeah he's a great guy too I met him at one of the one of the games last year when uh
2: uh, Barry is playing Kingston and he, he, he's a great guy. He's very, not very, very knowledgeable. If you ever see him around him, I, I doubt you will. Cause I'm sure he's traveling everywhere, but <laughs> he, <laughs> he seems do very
1: run. down to earth. Like yeah. if there's anyone you want to make your PR like media appearances, I think it's Trent Mann. I mean, he calmed the whole fan base before the draft by going in and speaking kind of about, you know, what they were looking at doing, going into the draft. And I think it calmed everyone down.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I think Trent Mann is a, a very good scout, and I have, I have a lot of respect for for them. So I I I I understand where people are, you know, don't trust Dorian a lot, but this is one area that I do trust the the Sens and their scouting staff is the draft. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jake, Jake, are you still good to go, or do you want me yeah. to continue? I was
0: just letting you guys talk there because you guys are on. Yeah, you we know, you guys are having the ball there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we were trying to stall because we thought you had. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Matt and Murray treat, how do you guys feel about that?
1: Yeah, uh, Matt Murray. Um, first off, we got him for Jonathan Gruden and 52 overall. We touched on this last uh, last time we talked, guys, and we were like, yeah, there's no way. Like, he's going to cost too much. Um, it's probably just a tire-kicking situation. And I think we all agreed on that. And then there we go. Like, fireworks on day two. Um, we get to acquire our number one goalie and Matt Murray. Um, And I thought it was a great trade. Like, honestly, uh, for 52 overall and Jonathan Gruden, really? For yeah, Matt Murray? Two yeah, Stanley yeah, yeah. Cups, 26 years old? Okay. Yeah, I know. I,
2: I, I know I was one of the guys that said, I don't think we need another goaltender, but that's because I thought, you know, going on getting Matt Murray and thought we'd have to play a trader 28th overall pick. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. But, you know, this trade, I have no problem with. At all, Jonathan Gruden, you know he's he, he's a prospect, but he he don't um, he didn't look like he was trending very well, in my opinion. Uh, plus, fifty second overall, I mean, sense why would would taken Tyler Clevin there, to be honest. So <laughs> he, he kind of just got to w- w- weigh it out. Yeah, but, yeah, I I love I love that trade, and obviously I think we, we won it. Um, I mean Pittsburgh fans would argue because they cleared a lot of cap space, but
1: yeah, yeah. What do you think, Jake?
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. I think, I think the trade we definitely won that trade for sure, but it all depends on the map we get. I think, with working with Pierre Group, in my opinion, one of the better goaltending coaches in the NHL, he helped us develop Greg Anderson. He helped develop Greg Anderson, being what he became to be. He helped uh, develop uh, Andrew Hammond, even though it was just for one year. He helped Andrew Hammond gain confidence. He helped uh, Mike Conn in the, those two years we had him. Yeah I think uh, Pierre Gruz is, is a very underrated goaltender coach I think he can do a phenomenal things for Matt Murray. I think Matt Murray will become one of the, will, will become the former the old Matt Murray I guess you can call it and I think he's really going to uh flourish with the sense and uh, he, they signed him to a four year uh, contract worth I, and on will annual average value of 6.25 million dollars and all surfacing at, as as much as I believe and a lot of people believe it might be rich Have to get to the floor somehow. And if Matt Murray can be the Matt Murray we all know he can be, he will definitely be one of our one of the team's best players, probably even considered the team MVP. So I think it's while the contract might not necessarily look the best right now, in a couple years it might look phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the other thing that we might be missing that the contract is doing. for the senators is it allows them to expose Matt Murray to Seattle um, at expansion without, you know, any potential that Seattle's going to claim that contract unless he has an outstanding uh, year. Yeah. So really that allows us to protect Hogberg. So not a bad contract. It's interesting that it's a backloaded contract. I found that part a little bit interesting, but again, sign of the times, I guess uh, right now, um, they're figuring that they're, they're going to get more money, uh, revenue down the road. Not a bad, I mean, it, the contract is high. Uh, the annual value is high. To me, we just had to keep the term down under five years. Um, so I think mission accomplished there. And like you said, we have just a ton of cap space. So it really doesn't, uh, doesn't impact them negatively in any way.
2: Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah. I I, I I think the term's perfect to be honest. I, mean, I maybe would have done three, but four four's fine. Six point two five is a little rich for him, but at the same time, he's still like I I seen people you know on Twitter saying oh the Suns could have got Markstrom for less money, but think like I think the term here plays a lot into that, and I also think Matt Murray's age. If I'm gonna pay six point two five million dollars to a goaltender, I'm gonna pay a twenty six year old goaltender, not a thirty year old goaltender that much. So um, I think i i think it's fine and obviously the sense to get to the cap floor uh the sense can afford this kind of contract for a little bit at least until they you know I, if eugene keeps his promise and sends <laughs> the cap it all the way to the cap but um i i think it's a, a fine deal right now so yeah exactly later on maybe like the second like the, the two last years that might come back to bite us but i think like the first two years i thought i don't think it'll you'll it'll affect us that much yeah, yeah. and i
0: I think that, like, before going to this, for sure, like our goaltender of the future for me is either uh, uh, Sugard or Gustafson, one of those two. But at the same way, at the same time, this gives both of those players and all of our, our goaltending prospects that safety net, if they don't necessarily turn out as well as we thought, we always have that guy to go back to now and not nearly because he is still relatively young enough to be, I guess, our goaltender of the now in the future if needed to be. <laughs> So I, I like this move on multiple ways.
2: Yeah. And I, I hate to interrupt and, uh, you know, I know it's supposed to be a sense podcast, but it just sounds like Alex Petrangelo is going to Vegas. So yeah, yeah. I saw
1: that. Yeah. I oh,
2: just, wow. I just want to throw that out there. I don't know how they're, how they're managing that, but I'm sure we'll, we'll see soon.
1: <laughs> I'm sure the Leaf fans will be just thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. Right. Like, you know, someone else isn't going to Toronto. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, that's all I would see from that, Murray, and now I'll, I'm going to pass the table here to uh, to Derek for here for the next <laughs> the next one here. The Alex, the Alex. Well, wow. I'll, I'll,
2: I'll hold off here, but I'm sure me and Derek are going to have a, few, a bit of a, a bit on this part. So we'll see.
0: The Anthony Duclair situation.
2: Derek. Take yeah, it.
1: so here we go, Anthony Duclair. <laughs> oh boy, this is something that uh, Ant- I. Ant- I reacted to on, on Twitter. Um, I was pretty vocal about it. Look, Duclair was one of my favorite players to watch last season. I thought he was absolutely electric. Um, I love the, you know, him joining forces with the hockey diversity Alliance um, and shout out to the black lives matter movement. Um, Anthony Duclair here, here's where things kind of changed in my opinion reported yesterday by Brent Wallace, Duclair, who chose to represent himself, asked to be part of the long-term picture in Ottawa. He wanted to be a core member. He asked for $5 million over a five-year term. Um, that's when talks between him and the organization took a complete left term, uh, turn, and the organization uh, was willing to offer $6.2 million over two years, which to me seems pretty fair. Um, so. So the interesting point there and, and my thoughts around it kind of changed in that Euclid was asking for way too much term and money for, for a player who hasn't really proven himself. I mean, he scored a lot of goals. I don't want to take anything away from him. Um, and he was, as I said, like a really entertaining player to watch. But he does have defensive deficiencies that, uh, that he hasn't been able to rewrite yet um and you know he he's a again a high risk high reward type player um so what do you what do you guys think about the anthony Duclair situation i changed my mind a little bit on it so i'm not as as hot as i was i'm gonna i'm gonna be um i know people probably know me as like super positive sense
2: fan and I, i i am i always have been um but i I, I deleted the tweet now, but at the first when it happened, I said I uh, I, I believe my my tweet was I promised myself two years ago that this team wouldn't take away my love for the game, blah blah blah. But sometimes it's hard. That's what I put. Yeah. Um, just because I I do I Anthony Declair was super fun to watch, and I know he he had some some consistency issues. Uh, he scored mm-hmm. 11 goals in December, and then zero I think in January, one in February, one in March. So yeah, you know, like, he went in, like three months without scoring goals. But at the same time, it's the thing I think that bothered me the most was the fact that, you know, the, the sense already get ripped on, not spending enough money. And now, you know, like they're arguably the player with the most goals. They're not spending money on.
1: So I was like, Oh man, here we go again. <laughs> but, um, the way. And, and but- it's the timing guys. It's the timing. Well, like it, it happened right after we're celebrating the draft, we're yeah, I know, celebrating Matt Murray. And then we I know that like even- news and it's like, are you kidding
2: me? I believe my friend actually commented on my Twitter post. He's like, he's like, LOL, what happened? You were so excited yesterday. And I'm <laughs> like, well, welcome to be in a sense, fam. But um, yeah. the more I look into it, like I, I, the more I'm like, okay, I get it. I, like, I, I see both sides of it. I see, you know, declare saying, Hey, I had a career year. It's the most goals I've ever scored. I, I want to cash in on this. But at the same time, the sense the sends are like, well, you know, like you had a career year in December, but the last three months, like, <laughs> Yeah, you didn't really do anything to prove it to us. So I see that. And I know a lot of, I shared a big, I had a big argument with my buddy the other day. He's like, well, they should have qualified him and tried to trade him then. And I'm like, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. But if you read the, the Haley Salvian athletic, it sounded like What's they. What's the did. value? Yeah. yeah. And it sounded like they, they did explore the trade market a little bit, like not too much, but kind of just kind of just like see what they were going to get for him. And I feel like it probably wouldn't have been a good, good return. So um maybe that's what happened and obviously De- declare still you know like he hasn't signed yet and he's still willing to come back to the sense if everything works out so it's not an end all be all i think it was more declare was bent on himself the sense say okay well you can bet on yourself but if we go to arbitration you're going to get 4.5 million dollars anyways which i don't know if it's mm-hmm. worth that much to begin with um so and with that, like if people are like oh well they we went to arbitration, got the 4.5 million dollars. I don't know if that's contract's even tradable. A one-year 4.5 million dollars for a player that has consistency issues. So maybe that's what the center looking at that way. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it's still I, I a head-scratching move agree. to me. I still, I still don't like. Don't get me wrong. I, I try to be positive on all things Senators. I try to f- find the bigger picture. But I, I also understand that uh, this is a very head-scratching move, and I, I, I'm, I'm still a little bitter about it, to be honest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and for me, personally, it came after the Good Branson signing, too. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or did that? No, I think Good Branson followed this. But that was another one that I was like, really? We're going to spend $4 million on Good Branson, who is a seventh defenseman or yeah. you know, someone who's going to play on your bottom pairing, and you're not going to spend that money on your top goal scorer in Anthony Duclair? So yeah. I, that fired me up again. It was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like what is going on?
2: Yeah, and I and I get people and I get people saying this isn't like this 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 is a money issue, but I don't know if it's necessarily a money issue that the center will, aren't willing to spend the money. I just don't think they think his value is that much at this point. That's what I I'm gathering from everything. I could be completely off, and it could be just they don't want to pay him. But I mean, but, you just you just signed Murray and Branson for 13 million dollars, pretty much combined. So obviously they they know they need to spend.
1: Duclair has hopped around. I mean, this is what his fifth or sixth team, and he's 20. 20- five years old so he's hopped around quite a bit he's 24 years old Mm -hmm. um so he's probably looking for stability I mean I think the biggest thing was having a team believe in him and and make him kind of a core group kind of a core member of their team so I think that's really what he was looking for but to represent himself I think was a mistake I mean I, I agree when you're representing yourself anything any criticism that the organization is going to say, because it's a contract negoci- negotiation and that's going to happen. He's going to take that personally. And I think that's why he bolted, but, but good luck, Anthony Duplair, If you're looking for five years, $5 million <laughs> on this market, you're not. Yeah, gonna That's a
2: lot. And like I, the, the thing that still bothers me though, and I know I just kind of addressed it. It's why they didn't just give him a qualifying offer. Um, but I guess that comes down to the quality of a fine offer. And then they'd probably have to go to arbitration and at a one year, $4.5 million deal, which is likely what he would have got from what I'm hearing. I don't know if that, that's even tradable. If all of a sudden he comes out and doesn't perform like we thought like he thought he was, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. That's exactly the case. I think they, they were worried about arbitration. They're worried about the reward from arbitration, but again, so that's why, why I was angry. Then they go and sign good Branson to basically the same amount of money. Although the real money is three million that they're paying to Brenton, the cap yeah. hit is four.
2: Yeah, and I, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's still, it's still a really head scratching thing to me, and I, I, still wanted like, I'm still a little rattled about it, and I, I kind of wanted a bit more explanation. I know we won't get it from Ottawa. They won't, they won't go into too much detail. I don't even think they're clear. We're going into much detail on what happened, but um, no,
1: but uh, Dorian stated the following. Um, this is from Murray Pam at Full Press Hockey yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Duclair is assessing the market. We're assessing the market and we'll see what comes of it over the next two days. So that's a, a quote from Dorian that almost reopens the door a little bit, almost yeah, as yeah. if to say like, good luck, Anthony Duclair, if you don't get what you're looking for, the offer is still on the table. Yeah. That's uh, pretty much what it seems like. It's
2: like, okay, you, you, yeah. you're, you're adamant your
1: $5 million over
2: five years. Go, go take a look. If you can get that somewhere, good, good for you, but we're not going to be the team to do it
1: yeah and if Ottawa doesn't make any free agent signings other than you know the two kind of minor deals that they made, the money could still be there for Anthony duclair and the Senators to kind of meet in the middle, circle back and and maybe they'll uh, they'll be able to talk some sense into each other
2: yeah it's it's just a really baffling situation and it's i I don't think it's be the end we'll hear of it I'm sure as you know I'm sure we'll hear hear some more on on what what actually went down. <clears throat> but um, I think it's a bit of like a both. I think it's a bit of on both. Like I don't think it's fully the Ottawa Senators' fault. I don't think it's fully Anthony Declairs' fault. I think it's more them kind of you know de- Declairs yeah. bent on himself, and the Sanders are like, okay, well, go ahead, but we don't think it's worth this much type thing. Which, which I mean, any any team would do. Like it's it's not just the Senators not want to spend money. It's the sense you know, like it's a contract negotiation. thing. like like you want to pay the less
1: amount of money possible for any player to get, get the max value. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the mistake in here is him representing himself. I mean, you're going to be, you're going to take some offense to that, especially if you're Anthony Duclair, who's had to prove himself for five different teams and has, you know, this media perception that he's a player that takes nights off. Um, He's probably feeling a little hurt by, you know, some of the negotiations.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's I the know, risk you take when you represent yourself. I mean, good for him for trying to do that, but that's why you know, a lot of players have the agents because they don't want to deal with this negotiation part. They don't want to hear the negative side of it. They just want to get paid and play. But, yeah. Um, and I I do want to throw out there. That's maybe a little touchy subject, but I know I've seen some people on the sense Twitter saying, well, the reason why you declare left is because Eugene Mellick's a racist. Like, I don't know if we would. Oh um, no. I mean, like,
0: no, I don't know if I'll go that far.
2: No, Sorry. I know. And that, that's what I'm trying to address. Like, uh, yeah. You know, attacking someone's personal character because you don't like the way they're running the team
1: isn't really appropriate. Like, I, there's no hey, indications at all that, that, that that's the reason why he left. That's ridiculous. I mean, they just signed Erica Branson, who is very vocal about, you know, the Black Lives Matter situation <laughs> and, you know, so, someone who's been an advocate for, uh, for Black players in the National Hockey League. So, yeah, I don't I think, I think that's just, you know, that's just Twitter. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I agree. I seen. I I just seen that starting starting gain some traction the other day, and I had to, like I have to address this on the podcast when we get there. But that's just that's just a ridiculous statement. Like that's okay. that's. <laughs> i attacking someone's character, and I mean, I'm all for people being negative and criticizing, but when you start going that far, like, come on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna move on to the uh, next part
2: of our, our our list. Let's talk about some UFC signings. Yeah. No opinion on this declare thing, eh? I mean,
0: I've got. <laughs> You guys really – fine, fine. You guys really said a great. I love Duclair. He's one of my favorite players in the league right now. He, he was one of my favorite senators this year, and I love what he did with the Sens. I love how he brings that character. I love how he brings that um,
1: – That, um, I guess, that uh, electricity, right? Yeah, yeah the extra oof, yeah, exactly. the offense.
0: Yeah, I like the electric offense. While he might be a little inconsistent, sure. You want to say that? Sure. I think he's also uh, – I think he's also still growing into himself as a player. Which, at 24, you're not in your you're not in your uh, your prime yet. So you got you gotta let that growing happen. Like a player never stops growing. You might be 18 or you might be 45, like whatever, like 45, maybe a little old, but you're still always growing as a player. You never stop learning. You never stop growing. I think Duclair is gonna be. Better than he was. Like if next next year, he's gonna be better than he was last year. Every year he plays, I think Duclair is gonna be better than the last. And I think that. Sure, I understand why right now the five million might be a little rich, but like, for a player who cares so much about Ottawa, like if you guys read his statement, he wants to be a leader in the team. He wants to be a guy they build around. He he wants stability. He wants to be a leader. He he wants to be one of the guys and. I don't see why we shouldn't go back for him if 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 the money is right and if the term is right and if the situation is right, I wanna see Anthony Desclair in an auto senator's uniform next year. That's my thoughts on it and I'm gonna move on from now.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about some uh, free agency signing. So, the Senators re signed Mafi Pekka to a one one-year, year, $700,000 contract, two way contract. He was a re sign. He played for Senators last year after we acquired him in the trade deadline. And, uh, Alex, I'll let you uh, talk about our connection to Duclair, to uh, Pekka if you'd like.
2: Uh, well, I mean, we both went to high school with them. I know you were a bit younger than I was, but he was in like, the grade above me. Um, he's. I'm not gonna, you know, go into his personal life too much, but he, 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 we went to high school together. He was in a grade above me. I had some classes with him. um He played for our local junior team, and you know, we just have a connection to him. He's from the Ottawa, Ottawa area. He's from Petawawa, so yeah. um I, I like I mean, he, you know, like he, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit biased, and I don't think this is a terrible signing for $700,000. Like it's not that that big of a deal. It's he can play in the NHL if he needs to. He's not gonna be like a 60, 70-point yeah. point getter, but he'll take a roster spot if, you know, an injury comes up, but he'll... Sure. He, he's, he's a capable hockey player, so he plays in the NHL, he'll be fine.
0: Yeah. I like Pekka as a uh, transition player. Like, he is... He can play playmaker minutes. He can also play, uh, like, a, a depth two-way game, too. I like that about Pekka. He's very he's a very versatile player in my opinion. I might be biased from watching him, but, like, I've watched a lot of Pekka for the years because he is from our our... Our hometown junior hockey team, Pembroke team. He played for that team for a couple of years. He was the captain of his uh NCAA team in Quinnipiac, or I'm saying that wrong, but
2: yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Quinnipiac.
0: Yeah, he was a captain for that team. He's one of the, he was one of their best players. He he uh I didn't know Pekka very well personally because he was a lot older than I was, but he baby he babysat my best friend for, for my childhood best friend for a long time. And I always heard stories about him loving hockey and you know all what? And I did meet the guy a couple times as a kid. I met the guy a few times throughout my life. I consider him, he recognizes me if he sees me. That's that, So I, I definitely, I know him and he definitely knows of me or he recognizes me if he sees me. So that's great. But look, I wouldn't necessarily call him a close friend. I wouldn't call him a friend because I don't, I never had that connection with him. But I do love Paco because he is, Um. He brought, I guess you could say he's, um, he's Pembroke's finest, I guess you could say
2: yeah i mean that's awesome guys i love that just a depth signing oh, he's just more he's than a depth, depth
0: signing he's not going to be a superstar but i i love that the, i love that the senators are bringing in the guy that really like pekka is the reason why one of the reasons why i really started getting really into hockey like it's i always like i saw i i watched him on a game and I, I just i loved watching him play and it's just, it's one of the things that really brought me into the game so I like that that, that the Senators are brought him in, uh, obviously traded for him. He's from the area, so he knows the area. And he's honestly, like, he's been captain for his NCAA team. He was the best player for his junior team. He was He's a great guy to have in the locker room. So maybe if he's not full-time in the NHL, he could also be a great guy in the NHL. Maybe, maybe we're captaincy in the NHL, help, help help that young guys, you know. You ever know.
1: That's my thought.
2: Of thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Derek, you have any thoughts
1: on it? I don't think you'd have. Like, um, I, yeah, we do, I but... don't have the <laughs> the same kind of connection. I'll, I'll say, uh, hashtag hockey bloodlines. How's that? Yeah, there we go. His works. father uh, Michael Peca? No relation. Uh, no relation. Oh, that's not his father. No. Nope. No. Oh no really. my goodness! Cut. <laughs> Cut it all <laughs> no, out. No, no, no I
2: thought that was all. his father for sure. No.
1: His mother. Okay. okay well, your, never mind
0: that. Uh, his mother is a retired teacher, his dad, I'm not too sure what his dad did, but no, no relation to, uh, to Michael Pekka.
1: Okay, so, yeah, so that's how much I know about, uh, about <laughs> Pekka, <laughs> aside from the fact that he played a few games with Ottawa last season. But, uh, yeah, no real opinion, guys.
0: Okay, fair, fair. Right. Logan Shaw. He played in the Winnipeg system the last year. He was he was He played for Moosehead. He played for Winnipeg. He played a little bit. He was up and down the lineup. Uh, we signed him to a two-year, 7-25 2 way contract, AAV, 725. Um, okay, I think uh, – I personally think this is an AHL signing. I'm not too – I don't know much about this guy, but I think this is more of an AHL signing. What do you guys
1: think? Yeah, 20, 28 years old. Um, he did actually play 35 games last year. Um, so, again, he could play if you need a place filler kind of thing. If people get injured, he could play in the NHL. Um, but he's not going to be uh, – a point producer um just kind of a a guy that will take up a a roster spot on the fourth line if need be i think he had five points in 35 games yeah yeah
2: so
1: i mean i'm not gonna
2: spend time as i did on the pack up because i don't really know too much about him but he just kind of adds you know experience onto that ahl lineup and like you said if an injury occurs or they make a trade and they need need to fill a roster he'll just be one of the guys that comes up and fills that
1: hole until they can yeah, he's he's a 28 year old. He's huge. He's six three, two oh eight. So yeah, uh, so probably a, a physical force out there.
2: Yeah, and he's going to be just going experience that that AHL team that's probably going to be super young again. So
0: yeah. One sec here. I think I got a
2: notification here.
0: Currently, oh, Thomas Gray signed with the Detroit Red Wings for two years after the
2: yeah, Troy Sletter signed with the Detroit Red Wings as well.
0: No, yeah, I, I didn't see that. But yeah, Thomas Grace is a little, you know. now. Okay, cool. But yeah, uh back to the uh back to that. I think, yeah, I think Shaw is the NHL guy who can come up NHL injury or whatever, but you never know. So let's look at a couple names that have been linked to senators. So uh, one of these names that we have on the list, Craig Smith, obviously just out of Boston, so forget about that. But yeah. uh, um I guess uh Tyler Johnson too, because he was he was put on the waivers yesterday, but he cleared waivers. So he wasn't picked up. So I guess he forget about that too. Or we could stream
2: trade or whatever. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say forget about Tyler Johnson. I still think the, from Pierre LeBron, there's still traction on him. It's just his contract is not very good.
0: Oh, it not uh, even,
2: yeah. like, I, it's not even like a the I want the Senators to target, but it's still a little rough to swallow a four four years left on five million dollars. Even at, even as a team that needs to spend to the cap, that's a lot of term left on a guy that's like Tyler Johnson
1: caliber. Here's my opinion on Tyler Yeah, Trump. and he he's 30 years old too. Yeah,
2: so, so it's like I, I could see why I could see why the Sens didn't claim him on waivers, but I can I like I also question it at the same time. But I I don't think I I don't know I don't he I don't know if he screams like I don't know. It's tough it's tough to say what the Sens are really thinking on that because he he has a like a five million dollar cap hit, but he's only owed like three million dollars. So it's another scream Eugene Melnick move, but. Um, <laughs> His term is just terrible. I think that's what's tearing a lot of teams off.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think here's my opinion on on, on, on on Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson is not a bad player. He's a top six player on a lot of teams. He was a top six player for Tampa Bay last year and he won the cup. Like he's a, he is a skilled hockey player, but that contract is scary. At least the thing of Tyler Johnson is the only way I'd like to see Otto bring him in is if you don't bring back Anthony DeClaire and you don't really have that option for the top six right wing to help transition the young guys in because sure you want connor brown or or or, um jake batherson top six maybe they're not ready yet full time so you want that guy to help transition you know so that's the only way i would justify getting tyler johnson
2: I, th- I think if this term was, like, two years, maybe they would have made it to the <laughs> bottom. But four years, like, you'd
1: be 34. Like, that's a, that's a lot. Sure. Got a whole yeah, and you've dollars. got to think of the players that are going to be blocked if you bring in a Tyler Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Um, you that's know, true. some of the Josh Norris and, you know, Logan Brown. We still have hopes that Logan Brown is a center and Colin White and Tim Stutzla. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, and, and we still have Tierney, um, likely. And Anissima here for another year. So. I think
2: you're looking at him as a center, though. Like first, he is a center,
1: though. He, play, he yeah, played. Yeah, that's why. Team. That's why I like ran off Tampo. the centers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is a center, but he, he has played a lot of right wing ever since Braden Point has emerged. He, he's 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 played more right wing than he's played center. So I guess you could use him as a way. Yeah, but fair enough. That, that 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 contract is still there. You don't really want him taking that spot up long term. Short term, if you want a guy to help transition players, if he's got a weaker, if he's got a weaker term on the contract for sure you go for it. But last four years i think it's no go.
2: and i i don't think the contract the contract even movable like like if sure. they if they get them like even if you know like all team people people will be like oh they get this they trade-up i don't know if that's even movable in like no. two, years, two years from now oh not
0: not not really movable contract in this economy
1: yeah it would have negative value for sure. Like so yeah, you'd, have, you'd like- have to move him along with a draft pick or yeah. something. So I think
2: that's, I think the term
1: is what's scaring the send away from this one, but I don't, I don't really blame him. Yeah. To be honest. yeah I, I agree with what you guys said. The player I like, um, yeah. I, I like the fact that you can slide him over to the right wing. We need a right winger. Um, yeah. I like his, his overall abilities. I like, he can put up some points. Um, he can score some goals for sure. He's had 29 goals twice in his career. Um, I, I like the player overall. The fit is good for this season, um, maybe good for next season. And then after that, um, yeah, he's going to be blocking someone and you'd have to buy him out if if anything, because there wouldn't be an option there.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the couple of guys. Uh, listed up. There's, a, there's a couple of guys off the list I also mentioned, but a, a guy uh, that's, uh, that has been linked to centers has been Andreas Ekmanis. I don't know if he's signed since. Oh yeah, no, no. But I think that'd be an interesting move. He he's a center who can also play wing, so he's a very versatile player in that sense. I think that if you bring see in, he is a winger instead of a center because Ottawa is. I'm not going to say rich center wise, but we have a lot of centers we have to develop. So you don't really want a center a free agent center taking away a spot from a Tim Stufa or a Josh Norris, or even a Logan Brown, if you consider an NHL caliber at this point. It all depends where you play Anthony Ciu. If you sign Anthony CU, I think he's a winner for, a center, for the Senators, at least.
1: Yeah, I think um, Anthony Ciu is a name that uh, I kind of circled out there because you're losing Anthony Duclair. So... Athanasius is a player that can essentially replace what Anthony Duclair was. Um, High risk, high reward type player um, who brings an insane amount of speed. Um, But but he's a player who needs to reinvent himself a little bit. He's 26 years old. Uh, It seemed like he broke out a couple of years ago. He put up 54 points for Detroit, and it looked like he was going to be their number two center. Um, but then he dropped down in production and he got traded um, recently to Edmonton and didn't really fit in there. Um, So he's a player that has sort of the same kind of character flaws, if you will, that, uh, that Anthony Duclair is said to have. Um, But he's a player that I had the chance to watch a ton in Barry um, when he was uh, just a kid, just a prospect uh, for the Barry Colts. And man, was he insanely skilled, like, he stood out like a sore thumb. Every game that I went to, I was there looking at uh, other players specifically, and I couldn't help but notice Athanasiu and and his skill uh, and his speed. It was just dynamic. Um, kind of a similar player to uh, Alex Warmington, really. So uh, he's, he's a player that I think Ottawa should target on a short-term deal and high risk, high reward. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: yeah, I, I agree. I think Athanasi is the like probably the main target I'd want right now on the players that I'm looking at. Um just he fits the senator's mold, he's not like super old, he's twenty-six. Um he he brings like you said, Derek, brings an like insane amount of speed to the team. Um, and I, I on a Sanders team, I think he, he could be the number one center for a little bit. Um, I know, <laughs> he can, I don't think he's had like a full number one center, but on a team, he could be, um, and that would kind of give Sto- like Stutzla some chance to, you know, learn the North American game before you move him to center, like a yeah. hot, you know, sign him to like a two year, $4 million contract, like two, like two years for $2 million a year type thing. That's what I would like kind of around there. But obviously you need, uh, I think he's the, he's the per- perfect player to sign at this point, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Another thing
0: with, uh, with him, though, is um, sorry, they're, 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 I'm not going to talk just about you. Uh, I think other guys who, in this situation, similar uh, similar, uh, similar guys to go after would be a low-risk, high player would be uh, even uh, Alexander Galchenik. He, he is a UFA right now, if I remember correctly. I like Anthony Sioux and, and, and Galchenik, they're in the same boat. They have the skill to be Top six players in the NHL, even top one players just they've had they've had a couple of missed opportunities they haven't really produced to the level expected, and I think that they've been misused in some ways, too.
1: I like that thought a lot, Jake Uh, Galchenia, 26 year old again, Um, you know, he was a really, really top caliber prospect for Montreal. He's a really uh, just, good
0: player. Don't get me wrong. He just hasn't yeah. fit in anywhere he's played so far, and that is a deterrent factor for sure. But it also,
1: Duclair didn't fit in anywhere he played, and he scored 20 goals this year, and last year. Yeah, and, and let me let me read something out for you guys for a second. Right. Uh, a stat line here it is: five years in a row, 46 points, 56 points, 44 points, and 51 points. Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah. I mean, it's just recently that he's kind of dropped off of a cliff a little bit in terms of production, but he's been bounced around so many times. I think he'll be a player that, that just wants a little bit of stability and he needs an opportunity. So I really like that idea, Jake.
0: Yeah. I think what was with he is, sure, yes, he really, he's put up 30 goals. But, like, I feel like people bank on that too too much. I consider more of a playmaker and consider him a – a sniper. Sure, he can get you 20 goals if he was in the right situation, but just in Montreal, it didn't really work out. He had a falling off of both coaches. He didn't really fit in with uh, Arizona. He had a good, he had a decent first year in Arizona, I guess you'd say. And Nothing compared to what uh, Domi did, so that's why he was frowned upon. But he didn't have a bad first year in Arizona, if I remember correctly. His second year in Arizona didn't go so well. got traded to Pittsburgh, then he got traded to uh, To uh, Minnesota. He hasn't had that stability. He hasn't had the time to learn a system and then play to that system. He hasn't had the opportunity. I think if he plays in Ottawa, he can play a significant role for the team. Uh, And I think he can really uh, flourish if given the opportunity to.
2: Yeah, I mean Galchenyuk. I'm just looking at his stats right now. He he has 320 points in 549 games. So, I mean that's not, bad that's, at all. that's not that bad for like a player for the Senators He can He still produce offensively, which is what the Sens need. So, and mm-hmm. he's a, a, a prove me player too. Like he he, he he just wants a shot for a team to take a chance on him and prove that he can be an NHL player. So
0: yeah, exactly.
2: I think I think it's a I think it's a great move. I really like that idea.
0: I would yep. uh, I would welcome Galchenyuk to the Senators with open arms, Depending yeah. on the contract. Depending on the contract. Oh,
1: I, I don't think he's going to get anything over the moon uh, in in term this uh, this off season. Galchini yeah, probably is. like a one year, one mil. I could yeah. see
0: two two year deal max, so maybe two point five max per year. I think he's going to get maybe three, depending. Oh, I don't know about I that. I think that's but we'll see. I think that's rich firm. I think two to two point five is ideal for for
1: Galchini as a proving contract. Yeah, it could be worth the risk I mean there's exactly. there's a lot worst. that this this guy can do offensively yeah. if he if he does kind of hit that next step
0: yeah and worse comes worse if he doesn't really fit in out of one or two in contract you can trade him away and retain the contract yep in the two years go right ahead you know? Anyways, uh, other players that have not suitable options. that Derek was very, uh, I'm going to thank you very quick, Derek, for, I, I usually, uh, I usually make up the notes for the podcast and all, but I didn't have the time to, uh, the last couple of days. So Derek really came in clutch and made the notes for, for this episode. And the name that he threw in, was, I find it a little interesting is Tyler Foley. Wow.
1: Uh, this is the name that, uh, that people on Twitter are certainly, uh, talking about. He's, uh, you know, more of a local kid, um, close to the area. He's, he's a right wing, right shot. Um, 28 years old, kind of foots the bill in terms of, uh, what Ottawa might be looking for. He really fit in with Vancouver. Um, he, he played top six minutes, uh, sometimes even over guys like Brock Besser. He had 10 points, uh, in 10 games with them. Um, yeah, just, just a player that obviously sends fans to want. Here's kind of the the heartbreaker that I'll tell you uh, with Toffoli is um, he's probably looking for a lot of term. Um, His number is going to be much higher than some of these other guys we're talking about. Um, So I I see it as something that would shock me. It would be very unlikely, but, uh, but yeah, we can, we can have that uh, dissecting his game.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's a a nice little talking point. I, I, I don't know if, I think he's a bit of a stretch, but I also think, you know, that local connection might, you know, that if, if he didn't want to come to Ottawa, that'd probably be the reason why um, he's, but yeah, he's going to be a longer term, like a longer term kind of guy, probably around f- like four or $5 million a year. I think uh, just, just in the today's market, I would expect a lot more if it wasn't where the situation of the world is right now, but um, yeah. So I, I, I think it's a good, I think I like the, I like the look of him. I like the look of, he brings a lot of like a scoring talent. He'd be an instant top six forward. Um, but we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think that's it for this. Uh, I, actually, no, I think Tyler DeFoley could be decent option. Like, I don't see him as a long-term option, but he could be that – like, he's wicked good. Don't get me wrong, but he could definitely help players develop. But I don't think – him being 28, I don't see him being – a core memory of a rebuilding team just for, like, he's not old, don't get me wrong, but once Otto is back to being in the playoffs, he's going to be old. Like, he's going to be considered old. He's going to be maybe 32, maybe. like That's when that's when you start becoming old in the NHL, 32, maybe 33. That's when I think Otto will start contending again, and I don't think he's going
2: to be at the same level at that point. You think, they'll, do you think Do you think they're five years out from contending?
0: Not five years contending. contending. Like, they're going to make the playoffs in a couple of years, but I don't think they're going to be seriously contenders right away, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Okay. Let me yeah, see. I, like I'm with Tablet you guys on
0: that too. Just like how Tampa took so long to win a cup, just how Toronto taking a while. Like Toronto. Did oh yeah. The last couple of years was just because you make the playoffs doesn't necessarily make. The no, play I
2: know. I know that. That's what I thought. That's what I thought you meant by thinking contenders. Just make, make, make the playoffs. And I was like, five years to make the playoffs. I hope not because I don't know if <laughs> sense fans. I don't know if sense fans can put up with that long. But you have to be patient. <laughs> yeah.
0: In another year or two,
1: then we start making the playoffs.
2: That's what I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. agree. Or at least fight for a playoff spot. Like
1: I don't. I don't think we'll be bottom, bottom of the pool much longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are you guys expecting? Uh, that's another good point. What are you guys expecting out of this oh, season yeah. uh, positionally? Like, wh- where think- do you think looking at the roster today, um, assuming they don't acquire anything that's going to kind of tip the, the scales, what do you guys see out of this coming season?
0: I'll go first um, if you may. Yeah. Um, by I mean, uh i think that's ottawa is i think this year is a transition i don't think ottawa is bottom of the pack this year but i don't think they're playoff out either i could see i'm gonna say uh not late tw- early 20s maybe late teens in terms of uh standings i could see them range between like the 17th and the 23rd overall spot in the league that's what i think around there i don't think they're gonna they're but maybe 10, maybe 17 in the world, which 16 first top teams in the playoffs. So I guess middle, not playoffs, but not bottom of the league, you know, middle of the pack for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I don't, I, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. I still think they're, I, think, I still think this is a, a year there. They don't like, I still think it's a kind of a development year. So I think probably like bottom eight, but um, I do, I do want to see some, like, some, some improvement. Like if I can like, you know, if, if I see more points and they're still like near the bottom, I'd be okay with that. But exactly. um, I just want to get step forward, but I don't think they're going to be right there. I think, it's, I think from like eight to like eighth to like fifth, like last in the league, like top,
1: top 10, at least I think. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, that's exactly where I see it. I think we want to see some improvement, but then, you know, I look at the right side of their defense. Um, and then I look at some of the experience that they've lost up front and um, And I'm kind of cautious to say that they're going to improve at all Um, that they could end up being, you know, right where they were um, in the lottery conversation in the bottom five. Um, And that's kind of where I see it as it stands right now. Um, There's still a lot of time before uh, they drop the puck on the new season, but uh, but I don't think they're going to be doing anything. Like I said, that's going to tip the scales um, heavily in their favor. So, uh, you're interjecting just a lot of young players um, and hopefully it goes well for them, but I, I don't see them moving up a whole lot. Yeah. Season. Next, yes. next year's a year. I
2: think taking a bigger step. Maybe not like oh, yeah. playoffs, but definitely next year, I'm going to have a lot more higher expectations than the, this season. Like yeah. if they, if, if they finished dead last this year, I wouldn't like, I would be like, all right, that's like, I'd be a little rattled, but I'm like, eh, I mean, you look
1: at the lineup. It's not <laughs> too, too good. <laughs> yeah. So, and we can start looking at uh, prospects for next year again. <laughs> yeah, Turati or
2: yeah, yeah, Rick Clark or yep, it can be exciting, excited again, but we'll see. Yeah,
0: and I think that's it from us. On a leaving note, I will just say that um, I just got this tweet right now: Tori Krug on the bond, bond on the Bruins offer. I am reading a direct quote here. It was pulled from me. I did not have an offer when they offered me a year ago. They offered him a year ago, but they didn't offer him this year. I don't know what I'm expected to do. Just being blunt and being honest with you. Most people don't share that side of it is of it, but it is what it is. So Boston didn't even offer to recruit the contract.
2: What? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably just, just a victim of the cap, to be honest. Like, like the third decor taking a serious hit, though. Like, I think I think Charles a free agent. Uh, Krug's yep. gone now. Uh, their top defenseman is Charlie McAvoy. So,
1: uh... yeah, I'm not sure what Sweeney is uh, planning here with the Bruins. But like you said, they're kind of a cap crunch team. Um, they don't have a lot to play with. But uh, Tori Krug, by all accounts, is a top four defenseman and a really, really good one at that. Um, so it is a, a bit of a head scratcher for uh, for Bruins fans, I'm sure. Yeah, it definitely doesn't
2: make too much sense i mean that's like if you're not offering the contract to the person i mean like i i read that, that they, they had a contract on the table and then it got pulled like near the last minute so i don't know if petrangelo or you know a top another top d man notified boston that they'd be in the like the the running and then they're like no shit we can't afford krug but i don't know yeah it's, it's, an, it's a head scratcher there's been a lot of head scratching moves this off season for sure of the sense i the only ones that are getting <laughs> <laughs> Transcription moves at least this time around.
1: So Yeah. And and the Bruins spend money on Craig Smith. <laughs> yeah. Like that that that's like one million. That's a
2: hefty chunk of money. I was not expecting that. Yeah. So I mean, and then you got the Rangers signing Jack Johnson to what he got signed. You know what I mean? Like a lot <laughs> yeah. of bad a lot of bad bad money's getting thrown around this time around. So I wouldn't be too too quick to jump on the de- de- declare. <laughs> I'm gonna bring that up again, but we'll yeah. see
1: declare gets. <laughs> Uh, yeah i I don't think he's uh i i think he's kidding himself if he's he thinks he's getting five million uh for five years
2: yeah I see him getting like maybe like a three million dollar a year for like two years like three million dollars a year maybe yeah and,
1: which is what they what they offered him
2: <laughs> yeah so it's like i don't know we'll see we'll we'll see what happens i guess but yeah the, the Claire's not rolled out from the sense yet so we'll sure. we'll wait we'll monitor that situation, yeah. You got anything, to add?
0: No, that's all really for me there. I, uh, I, that's uh, all for me. I guess that's it from us tonight. Let's give a little, today. Let's give a little bit of a uh, conclusion. I'll, again, I want to thank you, Derek, so much for coming coming aboard the podcast once again for a second week in a row. Great to have another hockey mind on the podcast of Alex and I. Uh, and uh, again, you're welcome anytime. You're welcome in the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I had a lot of fun chatting with you. Yeah, I always love I always love hearing, hearing your take, So appreciate sure you coming on there.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: So I'm not too sure if I mentioned the twitters earlier, but I'll mention them now. Our podcast Twitter is at some Sens. My Twitter is at Jacob Rozier. Uh, Alex's uh, Alex's Twitter is at Alex fifteen. And Derek's uh, Twitter is at D E 75 Again, like last week, like last episode, the twitters will be in the in the and in the bot in the, in the podcast description. And hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, you guys will see the new logo as part of the podcast. Sure, we, I, I changed the, the profile picture on the Twitter, but I don't know if that goes around all the, uh, and I changed it on, on our podcast host, but I don't know if that will change everything else. Hopefully it does. If not, I'll figure something out, contact IT or something. But yeah, that's it from us. And again, hopefully you guys heard the theme song. Have a nice night, guys. Go Sens go.